0: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles. And bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Pepper Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Audie Podcast, where we talk about disability, quackery, parenting, and Jewish life. The Autistic Dark Web is all over. What are they? They are essentially the anti-neurodiversity movement. Their stance is wanting people to be accepted as extreme. They have another article out and we will take it apart paragraph by paragraph. As per usual, exact words in the article will be italicized. I will put in my own thoughts after each paragraph. The link to said article will be at the end. I couldn't help feeling a little apprehensive before my meeting with Thomas Clements. The British 30 year old has what used to be called Asperger's syndrome, and describes himself as slightly autistic. Until our meeting in London, I'd had few close encounters with autistic people, so I wondered how to act, and how he might respond to my actions. Would he make eye contact with me? Should I try to shake his hand? This article is already off to a bad start. I should have known Tom Clements was behind this. He is the person who coined the term autistic dark web. You cannot be slightly autistic. You either you are or you aren't. Ask the person what they prefer. Do not objectify autistic people. Despite my apprehension, the meeting went well. Clements gets extremely confused in a group of people and avoids those kinds of situations, but has no problem with one on one interactions. We met in the West End, had chicken katsu curry for lunch, and then walked into nearby Chinatown, his favorite part of town. Highlighting social awkwardness does no one any favors it quickly became apparent that Clements is remarkably gifted. Like most people with high-functioning autism, he is obsessed with a few subjects, and revels in immersing himself in them. I learned that he is deeply fascinated by China and Japan, and has lived in both countries, where he worked as an English teacher. He said he felt more comfortable and accepted in both countries than he ever has in the United Kingdom, by virtue of being foreign, which often masked the behavioral quirks for which he would normally be admonished, as we walked through Chinatown. He spoke what sounded like fluent Mandarin and Cantonese, to order first a pair of pig buns from a street vendor, and then two small bottles of Chinese moonshine from a supermarket. sessions are called special interests. They are passions that we do well with. Calling him high-functioning is not doing anyone any favors. Functioning labels are harmful and even psychology agrees with us that calling someone high-functioning does not do anyone any favors. He is highlighting that Tom Clements is autistic. We know this. As well as his linguistic abilities, Clements has a comprehensive knowledge of art house cinema, and of American, British, and Chinese hip hop. His exceptional abilities are undoubtedly linked to being what he calls an Aspie Dash, but he doesn't regard autism as a gift. For Clements, autism makes daily life more difficult. It is something he could do without. Again, trying to convince the reader that Tom Clements is autistic. Again, we know this. He says that being autistic is not a gift, he does not see the advantages it has. He wants to dwell on the negative. I don't really know what social cues are, and I have no idea what people mean by body language, he told me. I despise superficial chit chat, so I've offended many people without even realizing it. Conversations with me are usually one sided, because I tend to steer them towards the things I'm interested in, and overload others with information without considering their level of interest, but I'm learning to tone it down. Some quotes to make the reader feel pity for Clements Autistics can learn body language. Autistics know autistic social cues. Neurotypical social cues are somewhat of a mystery and have to be taught. Again, the writer is trying to make the reader feel pity for Clements, despite how much damage he has done. As a result of this, building and maintaining relationships is extremely difficult for Clements, and finding a girlfriend is even harder. For autistic men such as him, opportunities for having sex with someone are slim, and the chances of being able to find a long-term sexual partner are even slimmer, he said. Pity Party continues. Autistic people have relationships. They even get married and have autistic children. He is exaggerating. For example, I am married to an autistic man. We have been married for 14 years and together for 19. No sign of divorce yet. It is not him being autistic, it's his brilliant personality. Slash sarcasm. Clements lives independently in a shared house near Cambridge and earns a living as a German English translator, but life for his younger brother Jack who lies on the opposite end of the spectrum, is completely different. Clements does live independently, which is wonderful. Being independent is not for everyone. There is no shame in needing support and care. They go into his younger brother who is on the opposite end of the spectrum. A spectrum is not linear. The logic is already flawed. Get ready for your heartstrings to be tugged. Jack doesn't communicate verbally as we do. Clements wrote in his self-published book The Autistic Brothers, Two Unconventional Paths to Adulthood. 2018. Greater than, Jack, can utter single words and basic phrases, but his ability to construct spontaneous sentences is limited. He will never be able to live the life of an ordinary adult. He will require full time care for the rest of his life, which will necessitate someone keeping his bottom clean. We all love him dearly, but at the same time, we are forced to swallow the bitter pill that he will never have a career, a house, a car, or a family like the rest of us. This is a tough thing to come to terms with. They start to say that his brother Jack is nonverbal. nonverbal is not non-communicating. This does not mean they will not live a fulfilling life. For example, I have a very good friend who requires support staff, is nonverbal but is a pharmacologist. One has nothing to do with the other. they non-binary uses an iPad for communication, knows everything about every single medication there is out there. Then he goes on how his brother will need help with ADL activities of daily living. Again, nothing wrong with that. They do not need to feel sorry for him. He can still live a happy life. Jack's disability is not about everyone else. It is about Jack. Stop being a martyr. Autism Spectrum Disorder, ASD, is a condition, or range of conditions, characterized by difficulty with social interactions and communication restricted interests, repetitive behaviors, and sensory sensitivity, symptoms that hurt the person's ability to function properly in school, work, and other areas of life, as the U.S. National Institute of Mental Health puts it. The fifth edition of the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, 2013, or DSM-5, lists three severity levels for ASD, based on the extent of social communication impairment and restricted, repetitive patterns of behavior they go on to explain what autism is accroding to the DSMV instead of functioning labels. Now there are three levels. The levels are just used to determine what services the individual needs. The diagnostic criteria for level one autism include difficulty initiating social interactions, atypical or unsuccessful responses to social overtures of others, odd and typically unsuccessful, attempts to make friends and problems of organization and planning, that hamper independence. Level 2 includes marked deficits in verbal and nonverbal social communication skills, limited initiation of social interactions, markedly odd nonverbal communication, as well as inflexibility of behavior, difficulty coping with change and distress and or difficulty changing focus or action. Level 3 includes severe deficits in verbal and nonverbal social communication skills, which cause severe impairments in functioning, very limited initiation of social interactions, and minimal response to social overtures from others, extreme difficulty coping with change, restricted-slash-repetitive behaviors, that, markedly interfere with functioning in all spheres, and great distress-slash-difficulty changing focus or action. This paragraph just describes the difference between the different levels. I do not like levels so recently I tell people I am level dungeon master. Makes people smile. People diagnosed with level 3 autism tend to have great difficulty interacting with others, and can appear to lack social skills altogether. For example, the DSM-5 describes a person with few words of intelligible speech who rarely initiates interaction and, when he or she does, makes unusual approaches to meet needs only, and responds to only very direct social approaches, adding that such individuals require very substantial support in their daily lives. By contrast, people with level 1 autism can function independently with some support. Level 3 corresponds closely to the 11 cases reported by the Austrian-American psychiatrist Leo Kanner in his classic paper from 1943, while level 1 corresponds to the mild form of autism described by the Austrian pediatrician Hans Asperger in the 1930s. This goes on to describe level 3. This is supposed to represent severe autism. Use identity first language. We are not sick. Estimates of the prevalence of autism vary widely, and appear to have increased dramatically in the past two decades. A press release issued in 2012 by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, estimated that the prevalence in 8-year-old children in the U.S. was 1 in 88, representing a 78% increase from the estimate in 2004. The latest CDC estimate stands at about 1 in 59. The World Health Organization estimates that 1 in 160 children worldwide has autism. Noting that there are many possible explanations for the apparent increase in prevalence, including improved awareness, expansion of diagnostic criteria, better diagnostic tools, and improved reporting. It notes, however, that the rate of autism in low and middle income countries, especially in Africa and Latin America, is unknown. This is starting to become just as long winded as Billy Mann's non apology. Here come the scare tactics. Stating there is an increase of autism diagnosis. No kidding. Adults who have been autistic their entire lives are starting to be diagnosed. It's not rocket science. Autistic people have autistic kids. Of course there is a rise in diagnosis. Despite lengthy research, I could find no figures regarding how many of those diagnosed with autism fall into each of the three severity levels but, according to the CDC, about 40% of children with autism do not talk at all and at least a quarter acquire basic language at 12 to 18 months of age, but then lose it. The results of a longitudinal study in Australia published in 2016 are somewhat consistent with this estimate. Overall, it found that 26.3% of the 246 autistic children sampled were using fewer than five spontaneous and functional words by the end of the study and 36.4% exited the study not using two-word phrases. These figures were slightly higher according to different measures in the parents' reports, which indicated that nearly 30% were not naming at least three objects consistently, and more than 43% not using phrases with a noun and verb consistently at the end. He states he cannot find no figures on how many are placed in the different levels. Functioning labels are harmful. Period. They are doing us all favor. Here are more scare tactics on what they call language delay or lack of language. Speech is not the same thing as language. There are more ways to communicate. They cite a study done in Australia to further the scare tactics. There is nothing wrong with nonverbal communication. Autism often presents with comorbidities. More than half of children with ASD also have an intellectual disability, defined as having an IQ below 70, and up to half exhibit symptoms of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Autistic children are psychiatrically hospitalized much more frequently than others, with 13% of their hospital visits being due to a psychiatric problem, compared with 2% for children without ASD. In autistic adults, the lifetime prevalence of anxiety and depression is 42% and 37% respectively. Autism also commonly co-occurs with epilepsy, with the highest rate in those whose IQ is below 40. Comorbidities is not part of being autistic having an intellectual disability is not part of being autistic. It is in addition to being autistic. Attention deficient disorder is also another comorbidity. It's another condition on the neurodiversity spectrum. They are stating statistics to scare people into thinking that being autistic is a tragedy. Autism is arguably one of the most controversial subjects of our time. Due partly to a lack of understanding of its causes, current discourse on this subject is a narrative jungle strewn with young, overgrown and ill-conceived ideas jostling for a spot in the sun, including uncompassionate refrigerator mothers, microbial infections, vaccinations, and environmental pollutants and toxicants, to name but a few. Autistic people have been trying to tell neurotypicals about autism. They speak over us with little understanding. They say it's controversial because there is little understanding of its causes who care what causes it, we need basic human rights. Into this maelstrom came the neurodiversity movement, whose advocates celebrate autism as a gift that is an integral part of identity. They promised to make the voices of autistics heard, and to improve their quality of life by making the world more accepting of, and accommodating for, them, after decades of being marginalized and victimized. However, in recent years, there has been a backlash against this, growing numbers of people are now speaking out against the neurodiversity movement. Claiming that it does not represent them and, more importantly, that it ignores the plight of those with severe autism. Autism is a gift. Why shouldn't we celebrate who we are? We advocate for everyone. Neurodiversity is for everyone. We do not leave anyone out. Autistic dark web segregates everyone according to supports needed. The term neurodiversity was coined in the late 1990s by the sociologist Judy Singer, who argued that autistic people had been oppressed in much the same way as women and gay people. And suggested that their brains are merely wired differently from those of neurotypical, or non autistic, people. The movement is an extension of the civil rights movement and the deaf pride movement that emerged after the introduction of cochlear implants. Writing in The Atlantic Magazine in 1998, the investigative journalist Harvey Bloom said, Neurodiversity may be every bit as crucial for the human race as biodiversity is for life in general. They give a brief history on neurodiversity, which is fine. Try capitalizing deaf like the deaf community wants. He is right. Cochlear implants parallels cure culture. In the past decade, neurodiversity's popularity has grown enormously, largely because of the buzz surrounding Steve Silberman's book NeuroTribes, 2015. Today, the internet and mass media are replete with articles proclaiming the benefits of employing people with autism, who have a hidden potential that can benefit endeavors such as branding and design, if only we can stop thinking of them as being disabled. This way of thinking has now entered the mainstream, in the U.S., for example, representatives of the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network have advised federal government policymakers on how they believe issues such as healthcare care and community integration will affect autistic people. And in the U.K., the Labour Party in 2018 launched an autism neurodiversity manifesto, with the social model of disability as one of its key principles. Steve Silberman's book was amazing. He followed around autistic people. He was able to tell the world about neurodiversity. It was great for our community. Why shouldn't we be empowered? Should we feel sorry for ourselves? I think not. On the face of it, this sounds admirable. The neurodiversity movement has indeed empowered many with autism, most recently, the young climate campaigner Greta Thunberg, who described it as her superpower. But the movement is proving to be harmful in a number of ways. We are autistic, not with autism. We are not sick and cannot leave our autism behind. Again, people bringing Greta Thunberg into this conversation. Leave this child alone. They are going to say how we are harmful. Here we go. You ready? Firstly, neurodiversity advocates can romanticize autism. While many with mild forms of autism might lead relatively normal daily lives with little or no assistance, many who are more severely affected cannot function properly without round the clock care. Yet, John Marble, the self advocate and founder of Pivot Diversity, an organization in San Francisco that aims to pivot autism towards solutions which empower autistic people, their families and employers DASh posted on Twitter in 2017, "There is no such thing as severe autism, just as there is no such thing as severe homosexuality or severe blackness." We do not romanticize autism. We want to be accepted. Is that so horrible? You are either autistic or you aren't. There is no mild autism. People need support. It happens, and there is nothing to be ashamed about. These people want the reader to be angry at people fighting for equal rights. How dare we want to be treated as human? Worryingly, this trend of romanticizing autism has extended to other conditions that can be severe, debilitating, and life-threatening. There are now groups of self-advocates who celebrate depression and schizophrenia. This could also be related to the growth of pro-anorexia websites, as well as the more recent emergence of addiction pride. Why should we not be proud of who we are? We should not be empowered? people should be ashamed of who we are? I do not think so. People are coming to terms with parts of themselves. Pro-anorexia websites do not compare to neurodiversity or mental illness pride. There is no addiction pride. There is recovery pride. They climbed out of a hole that is really hard to do. They should be proud. They are reaching. It's like comparing cancer to diabetes. It does not compare and that comparison is harmful. The idea that autism is a variation of normal is at odds with scientific understanding of the condition. The general consensus among neuroscientists is that autism has neurodevelopmental origins, with recent research showing that it is associated with abnormalities in brain cell numbers and white matter structure, and defects in synaptic pruning, the process by which unwanted synaptic connections are eliminated. The research also shows that genetics plays a major role. Each autistic individual carries a large number of very rare or unique gene variants, together with extra copies of genes, deleted genes and other chromosomal disruptions. Some of these are inherited, while others are generated anew at fertilization and during the earliest stages of development. Thus, it seems that every person with autism harbors a unique combination of such genetic variations, which manifest as a unique set of behavioral symptoms. It is a variation of normal. What is normal? Of course an autistic brain is different than a typical brain. We have told them this from the beginning. Autism Speaks launched a genome project and they cannot find the autism gene. There is not one genome where the autism gene exists. They just confirmed that being autistic is genetic. However, neurodiversity advocates reject the medical model of autism, in favor of an as-yet undetermined social model that blames the problems faced by autistic people on systematic ableist discrimination. Some of their reasons for doing so are valid. Historically, autistic people have existed on the margins of society and have been victimized by the medical industrial complex that aimed to coercively eliminate them and others considered to be disabled. For example, Asperger was complicit in the Nazi regime's euthanasia program for disabled children. Since then, the medical view of autism has changed dramatically. Researchers and clinicians do not want to eradicate autism, they aim to understand it in order to develop treatments for those who want them. We do reject the medical model of autism. Autism is only medical because the experts say it's medical. They do reiterate that we were started to be wiped out during World War II during the T4 program. This is an important part of our history. Medical professionals do seek to eradicate autism. Everywhere we go with our children, they want genetic testing so they can see if they should have children. That's eugenics. Despite many important medical advances, there is still a lack of understanding of the causes of autism, which leaves many parents desperate and makes them willing to try just about anything to help their children. Consequently, there is a huge market for ineffective or untested treatments and quack remedies, from craniosacral therapy and neurolinguistic programming to therapies that claim to enhance upper chest emotional breathing to help us to learn through emotional charge on experience and wearable devices that use so-called bilateral alternating stimulation tactile technology to transfer alternating vibrations to alter the body's fight, flight or freeze response to stress and anxiety, which apparently restores homeostatic nervous system functioning, allowing you to think clearly and experience calm. This article does say how parents are very desperate to try anything. They fail to mention that the neurodiversity movement aims to save children from abuse treatments such as MMS, GC GCMAF, etc. Follow the MMS link to find out how harmful ingesting industrial bleach is. If you read my blog regularly, you will know exactly what it is and how dangerous it is. Parents are willing to try anything which is why the tragedy narrative is extremely dangerous. Neurodiversity advocates still label those who express a desire for treatment or cure as Nazis and eugenicists. When we fight for autism rights, we are fighting for our continued existence, wrote the self-advocate Jackson Connors in the People's World newspaper this June. Against our dehumanization. Against a cure, which is a dog whistle for ableist eugenics. And against the systems that push so many of us to poverty and suicide. We label quack treatments and conversion therapy as ableist. Cures lead to bleaching the kids there is no cure. There is nothing to cure. Period. We do not call people Nazis. We do not use that term lightly. We do call people eugenicists for wanting to prevent us from existing. We want to be treated like humans. Not subhumans. Awareness rose the suicide rate in autistics. It increased bullying. Bullying causes suicide. Let us live. In their zealous pursuit of autistic rights, some advocates have become authoritarian and militant. Harassing and bullying anyone who dares to portray autism negatively, or expresses a desire for a treatment or cure. This extends to autism researchers in academia and the pharmaceutical industry, and also to the parents of severely autistic children. One widely used treatment is Applied Behavioral Analysis, ABA, which involves intensive one-on-one therapy sessions aimed to develop social skills. However, neurodiversity advocates consider ABA to be cruel and unethical, and campaign for withdrawal of government funding for the treatment. ABA is drawn from Gay Conversion Therapy. I did a comparison on this very subject. Click here to see the similarities. Play is not a pathology. ABA causes PTSD. ABA is conversion therapy for autistic people. Support your child. There is a reason behind the behavior. It is behavior centered, not child centered. There is no reason a child should be in any therapy for 40 hours a week. Furthermore, they are trying to legitimize self-diagnosis of autism. Neurotypicals continue to dominate the conversation and speak over autistic voices, which ultimately reinforces a pathologizing viewpoint about us, and centers around the idea that somehow we fundamentally cannot speak for ourselves, wrote Solvay Standle on the Thinking Person's Guide to Autism blog this April. Standal continues, Greater than yes, ultimately some of us will come to realize that they are not really autistic, but the exploration still helps them find answers about themselves, and no one is harmed in the process. However, when we deny someone's autistic identity, we shut them out of the whole process, deny them access to the tools they need to better access the healthcare system, and potentially deny them their formal diagnosis altogether. Self-diagnosis has become a necessity. The access to diagnostics is very limited, especially in the United States. Healthcare is not accessible to everyone and there is no access saying that it is not valid is classiest. Not everyone access. Those who self-diagnose do not take it lightly. Self-diagnosis leads to clinical diagnosis. Neurotypicals do speak over us and leave us out of the conversation. Saying that they might not be autistic may be true but doctors make mistakes all the time for diagnosis. When I was a kid, I was diagnosed just as ADHD. When I was 32, they realized I'm also autistic. While many among the autism researchers are aware of these problems and find the situation extremely frustrating, very few are willing to speak up, for fear of jeopardizing their research funding, offending a highly sensitive patient and parent population, or being targeted for harassment themselves. In recent years, however, growing numbers of parents and carers have begun speaking up against the neurodiversity movement, saying that the way its advocates portray autism does not resonate with their own experiences of the condition. Parents and carers do not experience autism autistic people experience it. They can speak for themselves. Let them. Nothing about us without us. One of them is Bruce Hall, the 65-year-old father of twins Jack and James, 18, in California. The boys both have severe autism and intellectual disabilities, and their behavior has always been very challenging, Hall told me. Up to the age of nine, James would throw tantrums and scream for hours. He can speak a little now, although you wouldn't understand much of it. Jack doesn't speak at all." behavior is communication. If you find the reason behind the behavior and fix the problem, the behavior stops. Calling meltdowns tantrums is very harmful. They are making it all about the parents, not the children. Just because they cannot speak, does not mean they cannot communicate. Hall and his wife Valerie published a book called Immersed, Our Experience with Autism, 2016, describing in detail daily life with their children. Greater than in public, the boys may throw a fit at any moment, we can't predict it, and we can't be certain of the cause. It could be because of the lights, or the sounds, or the number of people around. It could be because they don't feel well or because they're just tired. It could be a combination of these things, or none of them. Greater than even typical kid-friendly entertainments do not ensure that the boys will react positively. Their understanding of situations is limited, as is their tolerance, what normal kids consider fun, autistic kids may consider baffling and terrifying. These martyr parents wrote a book about their experience raising autistic twins. They are not throwing a fit, they are having a hard time with their surroundings. If they were proactive, they could see it coming. I have three autistic children and I can see when they are getting uncomfortable early on. They show signs, if you know how to look for them. Sensory stimuli can be very painful. Stop trying to expect autistic children to behave typically. Not every child is the same. If the child finds a surrounding terrifying, remove them or change it not the child. The disconnect between the neurodiversity narrative and the experiences of severely affected autistics led another group of advocates to establish the National Council on Severe Autism, based in San Jose in California and launched earlier this year. Neurodiversity does not leave people out. The autistic dark web does. Neurodiversity is for everyone. This article is only concentrating on autistics who need increased support. The individuals who can live mostly independent are being left out of this conversation. I have two kids with nonverbal autism, said Jill Escher, founding president of the organization. It's an extremely severe neurodevelopmental disability, they can't talk, can't read or write, can't add one plus one, and lack any capacity for abstract thought. Neurodiversity advocates, trivialize this, and cherry-pick naive, feel-good stories that portray autism falsely instead of grappling with the reality. Nonverbal autism isn't a thing. There are autistics who are nonverbal. Being non-verbal doesn't make people who are verbal less autistic. You either are autistic or not. She goes into how horrible her children have it. They cannot read, write, do math or anything like that because they need someone to teach them the way they learn. We do not like feel-good stories because they are inspiration porn. It is not all puppies and kittens. We have our struggles but we prefer not to dwell on them. Some aspects of, the neurodiversity movement, are very convenient for all autism advocates, because we all want to portray our children in a way that will engender acceptance, she added. If my kid's having a meltdown at the supermarket, or taking his clothes off, or screaming, I want people to appreciate that his behavior comes out of a difference in his brain wiring. But do I think his behavior and wiring is natural? Absolutely not. We are autistic advocates, not autism advocates. Taking a child into the store when you know they cannot clearly handle it, you do not bring them there. It is not rocket science. They will not melt down if they are having a rough time with their surroundings. There is nothing unnatural about us. Stop being ableist. The neurodiversity movement is dividing both the autism community and autism researchers. Advocates make the distinction between autistics and neurotypicals, or non-autistics. This fosters an us-versus-them mentality, wherein non-autistic people are regarded as an oppressive enemy. It also fosters intolerance towards different ways of thinking about autism as well as a deep and unhealthy mistrust of the scientific and medical communities. Neurodiversity is for everyone. We advocate for everyone. We do not leave the autistics who do not require much support out like these people are doing. We are different and we have a right to distinct between different types of people. We are all different. That is the beauty of diversity. We do not mistrust the scientific or medical communities. This could not be further from the truth. Ironically, a social justice movement that aims to highlight the ways in which autistic people have been mistreated by society is now directly responsible for the mistreatment of the most vulnerable of all autistics, many of whom are too severely affected by their condition to speak up for themselves. In standing up for their rights, a group of marginalized people are effectively hyper-marginalizing the very people they claim to be advocating for. They have monopolized the public discourse on autism and continue to do whatever they can to silence any dissenting voices. This inability to debate and try to reach compromise is a problem not only for the autistic community, but for wider society. We speak up for everyone. We do not harm autistics who need more support. Everyone can speak up in their own way and these people refuse to believe that. There is more to communication than speaking. It also poses a major problem for autism research. Scientists are now beginning to realize that there is selection bias against autistics with intellectual disabilities throughout all fields of autism research. Although nearly half of the autistic population also has an intellectual disability, the majority of research has focused on those with relatively intact language and cognition. Thus, individuals considered to be low-functioning are being overlooked by the research community. We include intellectually disabled autistics. Neurodiversity is for all autistics. They are overlooked by the research community, but it has nothing to do with neurodiversity. The movement is harmful because they're trying to terrorize people into silence, and we're just a few of the many victims of their bullying and smear campaigns, Escher said. There's a toll on scientific research, too, because the neurodiversity platform apparently doesn't believe it's important to investigate the causes of autism. We do not terrorize, we educate. There is a big difference. If people find the cause, it will lead to eugenics just like the genetic test for Down syndrome. People will abort just because they are carrying a Down syndrome baby. It is, therefore, time to start thinking differently about neurodiversity, and to recognize the importance of free speech in the public discourse on autism, because if neurodiversity means anything, it means accepting that we all think differently, and that not everyone takes pride in being autistic. This article is right on one thing. Not everyone is proud of being autistic. Not everyone is ready to come out as autistic and that is okay. No one said that there was anything wrong with that. But trying to tell us we are wrong in doing so is wrong. Everyone is an individual. If you're happy being autistic and think of it as part of your identify, that's great, and I don't want to upset you or hurt you, but don't tell me I can't try to help ease my son's suffering, said Hall. For them, autism is a life-altering, cruel disability, and i do anything to help them feel good and give them a better quality of life. I appreciate that they accept we are happy about us being autistic and it's a part of our identity. But they do not know that their son is suffering. Does he indicate he is suffering? Not saying being autistic is all puppies and unicorns but it is not the same thing as having a terminal illness. He says it's cruel but that's from an outside perspective. Neurodiversity advocates ignore the harsh realities of severe autism, and want to forget about my sons and others like them, he added. They've done a good job of hijacking the message and monopolizing the discourse on autism, and are controlling the narrative so tightly that people like my sons will have no choice in the world. Thomas Clements echoes this sentiment, as he wrote in The Guardian last month, the trivialization of autism by neurodiversity advocates comes at the expense of those at the lower end of the spectrum, like his brother Jack. We do not ignore autistics with more support needs. Just the opposite, we include everyone. They want to leave out the advocates out of the conversation. They keep on saying how hurtful we are. Autistic people who are independent are the enemy is what I got out of this whole article. There was a lot of fear-mongering. Just accept your child and support your child the best way you can without using abusive therapies. That is all we ask. Another harmful article brought to you by the Autistic Dark Web. Original Article HTTPS colon slash slash why the neurodiversity movement has become harmful? Clit equals Iwar three V eight R three B three T shush one I ten twenty five VP two twenty four underscore three SX WS two F eight LMW Don't forget to subscribe or follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Keep on speaking your truth and never let your flame burn out. Thank you for listening.